We have these wonderful holy days that tell us the future of what's going to happen. The, uh, the Feast of Trumpets. It's a future time. It's about a future time. And we know the Feast of Trumpets, while the Feast of Tabernacles, is a very wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, Day of Atonement, uh, Satan the Devil being put away. The Feast of Trumpets, there are some really bad times associated with it. Really bad times. That we can see it through the Holy Days, through keeping them. But, of course, we know that there is a wonderful future. And there's hope that comes from that. It's a very, very special time. And a wonderful blessing to be able to have them. Let's turn to Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23, of course, we know this is where we have the holy days laid out for us. What days to keep, when to keep them, giving some, some guidelines, some details of how to keep them. And we'll go to Leviticus 23 and verse 23. And it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, and that is today, that's why we're all here, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. So we have this day that is says is a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a memorial, something to be remembered every year. We have this day to remind us of something. And I'll tell you, it, it, you know, we all understand it's not the audible sound of trumpets blaring. That's not that's not what we're that's not the focus of it. To memorialize is to do or create something that causes people to remember, whether a person, a thing, or an event. A day set apart once a year here by God to memorialize the blowing of trumpets. But why? Why? Why is that the case? Why? Why are we here? That's what's been asked so many times. And boy, we should ask that. We need to ask that. Why? Why are we doing this? Why is the world out there working? We used to. But now we're not. We're sitting here on a work day. Well, it's not a work day. (laughs) It is a Sabbath day. It is a holy day. But what's the significance Trumpets were used for a variety of different reasons in ancient Israel. And actually, that's what we're going to spend time looking at today. Last year, uh, I went, we went over, uh, I had the opportunity to speak for the Feast of Trumpets, and we went over the, the timeline of events. And I tested you all on the difference between seals and, and trumpets, <laughs> and you all passed the test. But this year, uh, what we want to focus on for this sermon, we want to survey the scripture to develop a deeper understanding of the use of trumpets and importance of trumpets in the Bible. 
So we'll examine ten uses of trumpets in Scripture and see how they directly relate to the future fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets. We're going to examine ten uses throughout the Scripture, mainly the Old Testament. Then we're going to go look in Revelation. As we, as we progress through the different points, we'll stay in Revelation. So I'll let you know, stay, you know, keep your marker in Revelation because we're going to keep going back to it. But we want to focus on how God has shown how trumpets have been used in Scripture, in the Old Testament specifically, and how it really directly relates to the, the, the t- coming time and the future fulfillment of the day of the Lord. And for clarity, clarity. And, you know, I'll tell you, it took me, it took me years sitting in services to understand this fully. But the day of trumpets is very specifically pointing to the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. That is the last year right before Jesus Christ returns. That is what the day of trumpets, that's what this day is pointing toward. And boy, the the vast majority of it is not a happy time. Again, we're given hope, and we'll see that, but the vast majority is not a happy time. It's a very sobering, sobering time. So before we get started, I just want to kind of set the stage with uh, a couple of thoughts about trumpets, the use of trumpets, and then we'll get into some details looking from Scripture. So first of all, the biblical illustrator uh, commentary about the Feast of Trumpets, says the ordinance of the trumpets occupied a conspicuous part of the Jewish ceremonial. And when we consider the various particulars which were prescribed regarding them, regarding the Feast of Trumpets and the use of the trumpets, and the purposes to which they are applied, again, specifically speaking of the Feast of Trumpets and the use of trumpets on that day, We cannot but feel that they were intended to convey some instructive lesson. And boy, how much is that the case beyond what they even understand? There are instructive lessons that come from the keeping of the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets can be used for very joyous occasions. Uh, The John Wesley's commentary says a Sabbath, uh, talking again about the Feast of Trumpets, Solemnized um, with the blowing of trumpets by the priests, not with not with not in a common way as they did every first day of the month, but in an extraordinary matter, not only in Jerusalem, but in all cities in Israel on the day of on the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets were blown. They began to blow at sunrise and they continued blowing till sunset. It was a, a, in that way, there was some joyousness to it. It was a special occasion. It was something looked forward to in that way. Uh, Let's turn to Psalm 98 and verse 6. They can be, trumpets can be used for wonderful events. Psalm 98 and verse 6. And again, we're going to have, it's going to be a survey. We're going to go through and look at several passages. So we'll be. Uh, We'll have our Bible opens open. Uh, Verse six of Psalm 98 with trumpets and the sound of a horn shout joyfully before the Lord, the king, a wonderful, joyous time. It really can be used for. At the same time, it can be used for very sobering, terrible events. 
Let's turn to Amos 3. Amos 3. Just again, trying to set a a little stage here. Amos 3 and verse 6. I wonder if Mr. Lyons drank any of that water. I'm not sure which one he drank from. They're both kind of three-quarters full. (laughs) Not a quarter empty. (laughs) Amos 3 and verse 6. If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? Something's wrong. And it has to do with the way it's blown. The, the, just there, there's various uh, ways that it can be blown to show warning and alarm versus joy and something good being proclaimed. If there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? So trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? John Gill's commentary uh, on the Bible says the Jews also say that this day every year was a sort of a day of judgment in which God sat and judged men and also determined all events for the following year. And this was attended with blowing of trumpets to strike terror into them and put them in mind of God, of the judgment of God and to induce them to repent of their sins. So these are just some overviews here. Uh, the tomorrow's world, uh, you know, in regard to the Feast of Trumpets, again, just setting it up. Uh, the Tomorrow's World Bible Study Course, Lesson 16, on uh, page 35, it says, The angelic blasts, talking again about Feast of Trumpets, on uh, the seven heavenly trumpets represent the step-by-step announcement of events occurring during the time of God's wrath, the day of the Lord, the final year of man's misrule under the influence of Satan. This entire period of God's intervention culminating in Christ's return at the last trumpet is pictured by the annual celebration of the Feast of Trumpets. This series of end-time events may very well begin and end on the Feast of Trumpets itself, just as earlier holy days were days on which events associated with their fulfillment had occurred. So again... Feast of Trumpets, looking forward to a future time. Pentecost, we look back at the giving of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost, about 2,000 years ago. Passover, fulfilled. The Days of Unleavened Bread. And we look forward with the Feast of Trumpets. So now, what we want to do is we're going to go through... And look at various examples and uses of trumpets throughout the scriptures. We're going to look at ten examples. And as we go through it, we're going to continue through Revelation. Starting in about Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to continue through and see where it all leads. And how the use of trumpets in scripture applies directly to the future events that will happen. Shown in Revelation 6. Uh, through the rest of the book. So first of all, the first point, the first use that we're going to use, and then there are many more than this, there's not only ten, we're just going to use ten for the sake of this sermon. Uh, 
is trumpets are blown for the day of the Lord. Okay, the very day that this represents, trumpets are blown to point to the day of the Lord and warn of the day of the Lord. Let's turn to Joel 2 and verse 1. And for each of these points, we'll go to one or two passages. And then we'll go to Revelation. So, Joel 2 and verse... Uh, Let's see. Verse 1. Joel 2, verse 1. Okay, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Something terrible is coming, is what it's saying. It's an alarm. Blow the trumpets and let everyone know to take heed because something is about to happen that we can't even imagine. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains, a people come great and strong, like the like of whom has never been, and they will be and there ever. uh, I'm sorry, nor will there ever be such after them, even for many successive generations, something terrible is coming. The day of the Lord is the trumpets are blown as a warning for that. Let's turn to Zephaniah. Zephaniah. Okay, so uh, to help you, uh, Nahum, uh, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. I don't know if that helped. (laughs) So we're going to go to Zephaniah and chapter 1. And verse 14, we see some of the same language here. And let's remember the language. Let's remember the wording here as well. Zephaniah, page 826. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty men shall cry out. The day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation. I mean, how much more could be put into these words? This is bad stuff. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. And there are other passages that point to this. Like I said, we're just going to take a snapshot. These are themes that we see from Scripture when we just kind of go down the line looking, examining what trumpets, how they're used in Scripture. We're just going to look at a couple. Trumpets being blown as a warning and alarm for the day of the Lord. Verse 12, I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. Something like we read in Joel and Zephaniah. 
And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig drops its late figs when the when it is shaken by a mighty wind and the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. This is something happening here for sure. And the kings of the earth and great men and the rich men and the commanders and the mighty men and every slave and every free man, everyone, everyone hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. A day of wrath, it said in Zephaniah. The day of the Lord. Verse 17, for the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to stand? So here we have the sixth seal opened. With these cosmic disturbances, these heavenly signs. And the next seal to be opened, chapter eight, verse one. Is the seventh seal, which will have the seven trumpets. The trumpets for the day of the Lord. Verse 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And again, adding sobriety to sobriety here. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So here we have the darkness, the gloominess, and the trumpets about to be blown for the day of the Lord. And again, these seven trumpets are the last year, the day of the Lord, that we're talking about today. Okay, so so number one is trumpets are expressed to be used for the announcing of the day of the Lord. Number two, trumpets used in the Old Testament and scripture in the Old Testament are blown for general widespread disaster. Some bad situation coming on the land. Widespread disaster known that it's coming. Ahead of time. Let's go to Jeremiah 4. Jeremiah 4. And verses 5 and 6. It says, Declare in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Blow the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together and say, Assemble yourselves. Let us go into the fortified cities and set up a standard toward Zion. Take refuge. Don't delay, for I will bring disaster from the north and great destruction. And some of this can certainly be talking about war, and we'll get to that. But also destruction from God. Through natural disasters, through horrible things uh, like that, that will come on the land. Let's go to Ezekiel 7. Ezekiel 7, verse 1. Ezekiel 7 and verse 1. Trumpets again blown for general widespread disaster. 
Ezekiel 7 verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, and you, son of man, thus says the Lord to the land of Israel, an end. The end has come upon the four corners of the land. Now the end has come upon you and I will send my anger against you. This is God punishing very directly. And I will judge you according to your ways and I will repay you for all your abominations. My eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity, but I will repay your ways. And boy, how much have we as a people, as a human race, spit in God's face. In our society, in Israel specifically, that should know better. Reject him and, and not just put him out, but hate his ways. Abhor his laws and his judgments. But I will repay your ways and your abominations will be in your midst. You shall know that I am the eternal. Verse 14. They have blown the trumpet and made every one ready. But no one goes to battle for my wrath is on their all their multitude. The sword is outside and the pestilence and famine within. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword. Whoever is in the city will die by famine and pestilence. That will devour him. Verse 19, they will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be like refuse and the silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They will not satisfy their souls nor fill their stomachs because it became their stumbling block of iniquity. Trumpets blown for widespread disaster. Verse 14 says they have blown the trumpet and and tells says make everyone ready. Let's go to Revelation 6 again. So here we have end time again. The day of the Lord that is coming and that this feast of trumpets pictures and there will be the trumpets that will be blown. <clears throat> of course, we have the seals that were opened <clears throat> with war, with famine, with pestilence. Now let's go to uh, Revelation 8 and verse 7. And the first angel sounded and hail and fire mingled with blood and they were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. The world will be hurting and in pain because of that. And this is only the beginning of it here. This is natural disasters. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember. It was a couple years ago. It was maybe uh, several months ago at least, whatever. I'm not sure. But there were some fires up in maybe Tennessee or kind of Asheville or something. And I think one day it seemed like the wind was blowing down here. And I know we felt it, smelt the smoke and see it. Does anyone remember that? A few, couple, maybe a year ago, a couple years ago? Yeah. That was pretty incredible being that far from it. You know, this is going to be much more devastating. Verse 8, then the second angel sounded. Something like a mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. You know, the sea provides oxygen for us. 
the little phytoplanktons that, that are, float around all in there, among killing a third of the, uh, the, uh, the ships, destroying a third of the ships, it says. Mr. Uh, or Dr. Winnale uh, mentioned the number of ships, and I, I looked it up again. I think uh, we're about the same number there. But uh, 52,183 ships are out there right now, is what they claim. It's a really precise number there. But that would be about 17,000 of them destroyed. Terrible destruction. Trumpet number three. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven like a torch burning. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. And the name of the uh, star was Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. You know, in a certain way, some of the commentaries point out that the first trumpet blown, it affected kind of inanimate uh, life. Trees and grass. The second one destroyed sea creatures or hurt sea creatures through the, uh, the blood, a third of the oceans being blood. And then the, the third trumpet being blown, it, it said it took many men's lives. Widespread general disaster. So trumpets are blown for general widespread disaster. Number three, trumpets are blown for war. That's a very common one. We, we kind of know that off the top of our heads oftentimes. Let's go to Numbers 10. Numbers 10 and verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with a trumpet. Again, the use of a trumpet proclaiming war, sounding an alarm with a trumpet. And you will be remembered before the Lord your God and you will be saved from your enemies. Uh, Judges 3. Let's go to Judges 3 and verse 27. Judges 3 and verse 27. Again, about going to war here. And it happened when he arrived that he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel went down with him from the mountains and he led them. Then he said to them, follow me, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, uh, the Moabites, into into your hand. So they went down after him and seized the fords and the uh, Jordan leading to Moab and did not allow anyone to cross over. So there were trumpets blown in Israel. This was done many, many times. Many examples of this throughout Scripture. Let's go to uh, Revelation 9 now. So we looked at the first three trumpets with widespread disasters, trumpets being blown for those widespread disasters. Revelation 9, continuing on with the story. Here we have 
the first two woes of the, of the three that it said that were remaining. Revelation 9, verse 1. Then the fifth angel sounded, that sounded its trumpet. And I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came up upon the earth. And to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Now we don't know. We really we don't know exactly what this is. We're going to find out. This is John trying to describe it with his vision of what he's seeing of something that's really still in our future. And he's describing it with what he can describe it with. And maybe, you know, who knows if God showed him exactly all the details of what 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 is going to happen. Or showed him exactly the, the scorpions. But he says it's like this and it's like that. He's trying to describe this. But we understand this as military forces and armies and military power. Trumpets blown for war. Verse 8. They had hair like women's hair. And their feet like lion's feet. I'm sorry, their their teeth. That's more aggressive. (laughs) Their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like the breastplates uh, of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. We have the scriptures pointing to the trumpets being used for proclaiming war. And here we have, during the day of the Lord, trumpets being used to proclaim war in a way that we've not experienced in humanity. Verse 13. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four uh, horns of the golden altar, which is before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. War to kill a third of mankind. And of course, this this may be able to be added on top of The seals, the fourth seal. Verse 16. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. And I heard the number of them. 200 million. You know, so China, even right now, has about 2.3 million People in their army, 2.3 million. This is a hundred times that. Even if they wanted to right now, they, 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 if they were to, so, so let's say North Korea. North Korea, um, well, first of all, China. China has 2.31 or 2.3 million in their army. And they have only two people for every thousand people they have in their army. North Korea has 58 people for every thousand people 
in their army. So even if China were to go to make it to 58 people per thousand people in their army, right now, that would only be 75 million. They would have to more than double the, the in North Korea with the 58 per thousand. That is the largest uh, per capita number of people uh, in any nation on the earth right now being in an army. So this is, and it could be combined, you know, there can be certainly some combinations of nations that are a part of this, but this is something that hasn't been possible and and just now becoming possible for an army to have 200 million men a part of it. The Tomorrow's World Bible Study course says in regard to Lesson 16, I'm sorry, in regard to uh, the fifth and sixth trumpets, it says this in Lesson 16. After the fifth trumpet, which we read about, the fifth and sixth trumpets here, after the fifth trumpet sounds, the beast power will launch a massive attack to completely subjugate the east and totally control the world. That was the fifth trumpet. The sixth trumpet blast, the lesson continues, It signals retaliation from the nations of the East, most likely with destructive nuclear weapons that will leave one-third of humanity dead. Trumpets are used to proclaim an alarm of war. Trumpets are blown to warn as a witness and a warning. And some of these, they certainly kind of mesh together, but we're getting kind of detailed with these. Let's go to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33. We all know this. We're just going to skim over it, but it is important. I hope Mr. Lyons isn't sick. Drinking his water there. Okay. Ezekiel 33 and verse 1. Again, a word uh, of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring a sword upon a land. And again, again, these overlap. These overlap. That's fine. But there's some, some specifics we want to take from each of these points. <clears throat> and a people of the land... And the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him a watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes upon him and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he didn't take warning. His blood shall be on himself. But he who takes warning will be saved. Verse 6, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, then the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And this is why it's so important for us to proclaim the Ezekiel warning. That's what we call it. Well, if we know this building's about to come down, and we're the only ones that walk out of here, Whose blood is everyone else on? It's on us. And it is a part of the the mission of the church 
to do that. Let's go to Isaiah 58. This is an interesting passage here. So again, blowing as a witness. Someone standing up and blowing as a witness. Someone filling in the gap. Someone standing in the gap and and doing what needs to be done. And God's church is doing that. But this is interesting. Verse chapter 58 of Isaiah, verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Not make trumpet sounds from your voice, but warn of what's going to happen. Now, let's go to Revelation. And we'll go to chapter 11. Now, we've covered the first three trumpets. These kind of natural disasters in a way that God had caused. These general disasters. We've covered the trumpets five and six that have to do with war coming and armies coming. And then there's some inset chapters here, Revelation 10 and and Revelation 11. So here we have Revelation 11, an inset chapter. What is it talking about? It's talking about the two witnesses. Now, they'll be proclaiming uh, warnings during the full three and a half year period of time, as we'll see. But it is happening. They've, they've been warning of the coming day of the Lord. And they will be warning loudly during this very time that it's, uh, that it's in set inside of between uh, trumpets six and seven here. They'll be warning for the whole time. Let's go to verse 3. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, that he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven and they will warn. And if, if they perceive that it's necessary, they will do what they need to do. God will guide them so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. And it goes on and they're killed and their bodies lie in the streets and then they rise up. And boy, what a witness that is. Right in front of all the world to see. These witnesses the whole time will be proclaiming the truth. They will be warning the world to let everyone know why all this is happening and what's about to happen. And let them know that it's happening because of their sins. Their voices will be lifted up like a trumpet. So trumpet are used 
to be blown as a witness and a warning. That was number four. Number five, trumpets are blown in regard to worshiping God as king. Worshiping God as king. Let's go to Psalm 47. Psalm 47. And verse 5. Psalm 47 and verse 5. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with his with the sound of a trumpet, the eternal with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. This is a joyful time. This is wonderful. This is a wonderful part of of the use of trumpets in Scripture. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. God is King. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Boy, we can look to God. We, we know all, all the stuff that's happening in the world, our own troubles, our own trials, our own problems, our own hurts. And we can look to God. We can sing praises to God. And it's worthy of trumpets being blown. And we can praise God with our own voices. And how we worship him in obedience and being here. Trumpets are used for worshiping God as king. And before we go to Revelation, I want to, uh, we're going to look at another point here. And that is trumpets were blown just in general when kings were coronated. Okay? Trumpets were blown when kings were coronated. Let's go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 32. And this, again, we're talking, we're just looking at one or two examples, but there are many for each of these points. These are themes. And how it plays right into the Feast of Trumpets, right into the Day of the Lord, that end time, future events uh, that are still going to come to pass. So let's go to First Kings. And verse chapter one. Here we have David about to announce and proclaim Solomon as king. First Kings one and verse thirty two. And David said, call to me Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet and Beniah, the son of Jehoiada and say to them, come Uh, So they came before the king and the king also said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord and have Solomon, my son, ride on my own mule and take him down to Gihon. Verse 34 there, let Zadok, the priest and Nathan, the prophet, anoint him king over Israel and blow the horn and say, long live King Solomon. Here we have, again, one example, and we're looking at King Solomon, of course, being proclaimed king over Israel. David, in his last days 
just about to die, handing the reign over to King Solomon. Verse 39. Then Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the horn. And all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and all the people and the people played flutes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Trumpets used during the coronation of a king. And again, a, this a joyful, wonderful time. Now let's go to Revelation during this day of the Lord, during this time. Of the trumpets being blown. Let's go to Revelation 11. So we just left off with, of course, we read about the three trumpets, then trumpets five and six, but trumpet number seven hasn't been blown yet. And that's what we're about to read. What happens, and we all know, but we want to read it, what happens when the seventh trumpet is blown? Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The trumpet being blown to proclaim the reign of Jesus Christ to come down and fix the world. Of course, this is the, just the beginning of it. It doesn't happen at this very moment. A few days later from this point is when that happens. But this is the beginning of it. And the trumpet's been blown and the voice has been cried out. That he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God in their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God at the seventh trumpet. Verse 17 saying, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Because you have taken your great power and reigned. They've watched the pain and the hurt. And the sickness and the disease and the war and the suffering and everything. They've watched it. Humanity writhe in pain. And now there's this wonderful future that we can look forward to when Jesus Christ comes to earth. Verse 18. And the nations were angry and your wrath has come. And the time, not just Jesus Christ coming here as king. And the time of the dead that they should be judged, that you would reward, that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints. The prophets and the saints will rise from the dead, as we know, and be kings and priests with God. With Christ and those who fear your name, small and great, and you should destroy those who destroy the earth. Let's go to Revelation 20 just for the picture here, just to help solidify the picture. 
the trumpets blown for God as king and to be worshipped. And the trumpet being blown in general for kings as they're coronated. Revelation 20 in verse 4, and I saw thrones and they sat on them. And again, this is this is discussed here in Revelation 11, what we just read. And this is just a few days later when this is all fulfilled. And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. And the bottom part of verse four, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. We know Revelation 5, verse 10 says they became, we became kings and priests to our God. So trumpets blown for the coronation of kings and to proclaim God as king and worship him. Okay. Number seven. Number seven. Trumpets blown when temple worship was restored. Temple worship restored. Let's go to Ezra. This is exciting. So yes, we have the bad times coming. But the seventh trumpet, of course, has the the bowl plagues associated with it. And we're not going to get into the bowl plagues for this, but it's still associated with the seventh trumpet. It still falls in line with what we've been discussing, what we've been talking about. General disaster from God, natural disaster. And then also armies coming to fight God himself as a part of the seventh trumpet during the seven bowl plagues. But here let's go to Ezra. So we just looked at Jesus Christ being proclaimed as king over all the earth and his saints with him. All right, Ezra. There you are. Just keep repeating the uh, chapter and verse till I get there. I learned that from Mr. McNair. I think he's mentioned that before. Okay, Ezra 3 and verse 1. Ezra 3, verse 1. And when the seventh month had come and the children of Israel were in the cities and the people gathered together as one man in Jerusalem, they were all there together uh, from the first day of the seventh month. Interesting. That's today. They began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, although the foundation of the temple hadn't yet been laid. That's okay. The proper worship was beginning here. Verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple, this is a little a couple months later. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. 
So here we have proper temple worship beginning. And it happened in the days of Hezekiah, which we don't have time to read that right now. When proper worship was started again. Worshiping God the way He wants us to. The way He's told us to. Not like the heathens do. But the way He wants us to. So we can learn what He wants us to. Trumpets were blown when that happened. When proper worship began. Let's go to Revelation 11. Revelation 11. So we just had the disasters of the first six trumpets. And the proclamation at the seventh trumpet of Jesus Christ returning. And him being proclaimed as taking over the kingdoms of this world and the saints with him. Then verse 19, Revelation 11, verse 19. Interesting. We're just going to read a small part of it. But interesting. Trumpets blown during this time. The seventh trumpet. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven. So the temple of God is opened in heaven. Just at the time that Jesus Christ had come and it's been proclaimed that he's going to take over the world and the saints with him. And here we have the temple opened in heaven. Let's go to Zechariah 14. But there will be proper temple worship the way Christ wants it. Zechariah and verse 14. Okay, and verse 8. And in that day, it will be that living waters will flow from Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. In both summer and winter, that will occur. Now, let's actually go to uh, Ezekiel 47. Maybe we should have gone there first, but uh, Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47 and verse 1. <clears throat> and, of course, the living waters, that was after, that, as it mentions in Zechariah 14, you could read that later, but verse 4, that's when Jesus Christ's feet actually come down on the Mount of Olives, and there's a great earthquake, and it's split in two, and the waters flow out from there. Verse 47. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 47 of Ezekiel, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water. This is talking about this future time just ahead of us when Jesus Christ comes back, takes over, and his saints with him. He took me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the front of the temple was faced east, and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. A wonderful time when proper 
worship of God will be restored. That's what it points to. So the trumpet's blown when true worship of God is reinstituted. Okay, number eight. Trumpets blown when significant events happened with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. So let's go to Second Chronicles. And again, these, were, these are our themes. And we're just looking at, at one or two passages. But this happened multiple times. At minimum, in some case, a couple times. Let's go to Second Chronicles, Chronicles, and we'll go to chapter five. And here we have Solomon beginning uh, bringing the ark to the temple after it had been built. Second Chronicles five and verse two. Now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, chief, the chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem, that they might bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Verse 5. Then they brought up the Ark, the tabernacle of meeting, and the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. The priests and the Levites brought them up. Also... King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing sheep and oxen and could not be that could not be counted or numbered for multitude. A wonderful time, joy, happiness, beautiful time. Then verse seven, the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple. To the most holy place. That's where it belonged. And it hadn't been there for many, many, many years at that point. But the Ark of the Covenant being put where it should be. Under the wings of the cherubim. Verse 12. And the Levites who were singers. And all those of Asaph and Heman and Judithan. With their sons and their brethren stood to the east of the altar, clothed with white linen, having cymbals, string instruments, music, beautiful, wonderful music and harps. And with them, one hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpet. The Ark of the Covenant being put in its place. It's being it's being uh, rejoiced over here. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. To make one sound, to be heard and praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Let's go to Revelation 11 and verse 19. It's proclaimed at the seventh trumpet that Jesus Christ comes and takes over the nations of the earth, the kingdoms of the world, his saints with him to rule with him for a thousand years. The temple 
is open. True worship has an opportunity to begin. Revelation 11 verse 19. And the temple of God was open in heaven and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings and noises and thunderings and earthquake and great hail. But at the seventh trumpet blast. The king and his kingdom is proclaimed. And the temple is opened. And the ark of the covenant is there and his saints are with him to rule with him. So. There's a theme that trumpets in scripture, that trumpets are blown for joy of the Ark of the Covenant. Number nine, trumpets blown for the destruction specifically of Babylon. Let's go to Jeremiah 51. Jeremiah 51. It's amazing that all of this is here and it all ties right in in such a detailed way. Revelation, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 51 and verse 6. This is speaking, this chapter speaking of the destruction of Babylon that has driven and guided mankind In many ways over the years, its tentacles have gone out and influenced our societies, our thoughts, our languages, our peoples, everything. Been influenced by Babylon. Verse 6. Flee from the midst of Babylon. Everyone. This is uh, Jeremiah 51 verse 6. Everyone save his life. Do not be cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. Again, still within the seventh trumpet here in the day of the Lord being proclaimed. He shall recompense her. Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunk. The nations drank her wine. Therefore, the nations are deranged. Verse 24. And I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea for all the evil they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. They will be repaid. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, talking to Babylon, who destroys all the earth, says the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against you and roll down from the rocks, roll you down from the rocks and make you a burnt mountain. They shall not take from you a stone for a corner, nor a stone for a foundation, but you shall be desolate forever. Revelation 14. Very, very sobering, serious Times ahead. Revelation 14 and verse 
8. Okay, context before we read it. This is, at least at this point, this is an inset chapter, chapter 14. And this is still within the day of the Lord period of time. And even the, the nine days between the Feast of Trumpets where the bowls are poured out and the Day of Atonement. But this is what is going to happen during that time. Revelation 14 verse 8. And another angel followed them. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. That great city because she made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Very similar to what we just read. Let's go to chapter 18. Specifically talking about the destruction, the utter destruction of Babylon. Revelation 18 and verse 2. Where he cried mightily with a loud voice. Saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, has fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons and prison for foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxuries. Yeah, it was great while it lasted. The passing pleasures of sin. Verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up the stone like a great mighty millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus, with violence, the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. At the last and final trumpet. Trumpets blown specifically a theme in God's word, in scripture, at the destruction of Babylon. Number ten. Trumpets were blown for the Jubilee. The wonderful freeing of mankind. The wonderful opportunity that we have to start over. To start fresh. And trumpets were blown for that. And these seven trumpets are leading up to and pointing to that as well. Leviticus 25. <clears throat> Leviticus 25 and verse 9. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound. The tenth day of the month, on the day of atonement, nine days from today. And you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout your land. And you shall consecrate the fifteenth year and proclaim liberty throughout all, I'm sorry, the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and all its inhabitants. And it shall be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. A jubilee. A freeing. The Septuagint translation uh, of the Bible renders the word jubilee in Hebrew 
I'm not going to try to pronounce the Hebrew words. I, I love to try to pronounce those things, but not now. We don't have the time. But the word itself is actually, uh, the meaning of it is a trumpet blast of liberty. A trumpet blast of liberty, freeing the shackles, Satan, the devil being put out. No more hurting from him. Imagine the pressure released from our shoulders when he's gone. There will be a freeing. The mankind has never experienced. There will be a fresh start. Let's go to first Corinthians. Uh, let's go to Revelation 20. Revelation 20 and verse one. Revelation 20 verse one. And I saw the angel. So this is again at the end of it all. This is the, the seals have been opened. The, at the seventh seal, the seven trumpets have been blown. At the seventh trumpet, Jesus Christ was announced king over all the earth. The, the saints were resurrected with him as kings and priests, as we read, under him to reign with him. And the, the bowl plagues have been poured out. This is at the very end of it. This is at the very end. All, everything's done. Then I saw the, an angel coming down from heaven and having the key to a bottomless pit with a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. That time that we're going to be able to help train and teach the world that we're going to be looking forward to at the Feast of Tabernacles. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more. You talk about Jubilee. This will be it. Represented, pictured by the Day of Atonement, so that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years were finished, but then he'll be released for a little while. So the tenth was that trumpets blown for Jubilee. For the Jubilee. So number one, trumpets are blown for the Day of the Lord. Number two, trumpets blown for general widespread disaster. Number three, trumpets blown to warn as a witness. Trumpets blown. Number five, in regard to worshiping God as king. Trumpets were blown. Number six, when kings were coronated. Number seven, trumpets blown when the temple worship was restored. Number eight, blown when significant events uh, happened in regard to the Ark of the Covenant. Number nine, trumpets blown at the destruction specifically of Babylon. And number ten, trumpets were blown for Jubilee. Keeping the holy days is critical for our salvation. And God has given us a preview of the events that will come to pass in just a few years. And he's been warning mankind for thousands of years and the use of the trumpets and how they tie in throughout Scripture and we're left with no excuse. While there are many terrible events that will take place, this day, today, leaves us with profound hope and assurance that it will be okay. And not just okay, but the world 
and the future of eternity will ultimately be filled with peace and joy, and we can be a part of it.